This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Stand with Emily Now... In the United States on Wednesday night, the fourth debate among Republican candidates seeking the nomination for the presidency took place. The participants were Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, who was UN ambassador under Donald Trump and also former governor of South Carolina, Vivek Ramaswamy, a rogue candidate to some extent, to a large extent, and the former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. It was a two-hour debate. They were the four who qualified under increasingly rigorous criteria, and Niall Sanich was there to watch the debate. Niall is associate editor of The Hill, a newspaper, a very respected Washington newspaper, and The Hill's White House columnist. Niall, thank you very much for joining us. Alabama's a long way to go to see Ron DeSantis and more particularly to see Vivek Ramaswamy. For once, it appears from reports, including your own, that DeSantis acquitted himself better than he had done in any other of the Republican debates. Yes, that's right. And it came at a time when he badly needed it. This was a strong performance by Ron DeSantis in terms of appealing to the Republican electorate. He was talking a lot about the kind of culture war issues that had at one time uh, produced quite a lot of excitement among conservatives about him. And this, as I say, strong performance came uh, against the run of play in sporting terms, because as we know and as we have discussed, he has been struggling quite badly. He's in very serious danger of being eclipsed by Nikki Haley for second place in the polling, both in terms of um, nationally and in one of the crucial two early states, New Hampshire, Haley has already sailed past him. So DeSantis was better. Uh, Haley, in my view, had a bit of an off night. Now, there are disparate views as to whether it was bad or just not outstanding. But uh, as with anything, sport, politics or anything else, you can have an off night sometimes. And I don't think that Nikki Haley was uh, really acquitted herself in the same way as she did in the other three debates. Yes, and of course, Donald Trump feels he doesn't need to debate anyone from the Republican Party. He's already almost 50 points ahead mm-hmm. and seems certain to be the Republican candidate for the presidency. We can see, if we look back to Washington, that the House of Representatives is deadlocked and our old friend Kevin McCarthy, affectionately known by Donald Trump as My Kevin, 
has announced his retirement from active politics, or at least from the House of Representatives. He was briefly the Speaker before the hard right flank got rid of him, mm-hmm. but he's going to stay as a fundraiser for the party, and he's a very successful fundraiser, I was surprised to learn. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that the numbers are very tight now. Nevertheless, Niall, President Biden was unable to get two bills he wanted passed, funding for Israel in their war on the Palestinian people, and also funding for Ukraine as they try to repel Vladimir Putin's troops. These are very serious matters on both counts, but it does make life very difficult for Biden, who I also understand had a very bad poll number this week. Yes, he is in real difficulties in terms of the polls. Just to mention, firstly, the aid issue. I mean, you and I have spoken before a number of times about the fact that uh, President Biden has been absolutely central to uh, the United States adopting such a leading role in aid to Ukraine. I mean, it is clearly a nation uh, without which uh, the Ukrainians would be lost and would already have lost their uh, war or their attempt to repel the uh, the Russian invasion. So Republicans are holding that up for two reasons. One is that there are a good number of Republicans who are opposed to any further aid to Ukraine. The other thing is that they've introduced or are seeking a linkage between that issue and the issue of uh, illegal immigration on the southern border of the United States. And some Republicans, uh, well, many Republicans, wanting more uh, stringent measures to try to slow the number of uh, migrants who are coming over the border, some seeking asylum, some simply seeking a a better way of life and and getting into the United States in that way. And to revert back to your question about poll numbers, I mean, the president's poll numbers in terms of his approval rating are now down to about 37% approval uh, about 55% disapproving in the polling yes. averages. And that is a, certainly an ominous place to be if you're a president of the United States seeking re-election. It appears that Washington politics is breaking down, not just Kevin McCarthy's departure from Congress, but up to three dozen incumbents from both parties in both chambers, the Senate and the House, have said they won't seek re-election, which of course, will threaten the Republicans' very slender majority in the House, but the majority in the Senate is zero, as things stand. So at a critical time in geopolitical affairs where America is, as far as the Western world is concerned, the leader, at a critical time, it looks really as if things are breaking down in a big way. Yes, it does. And of course, those two points about the retirements and the system breaking down are related as well. It's partly the fact that you mentioned that the maths gets very tight and very close. But it's also the fact that, frankly, a lot of these people are leaving politics because because they're browned off with it, because yeah. the, the extent to which it is bitter and venomous, the degree to which people get threatened, the degree to which uh, one part, well, specifically the Republican Party, though there's no love lost in the other direction either, but the Republican Party seeking to censure or to take action against people in Congress, uh, 
you know, to sort of a, a breakdown of the institutions of yes. American government is a, a very serious, very real problem. And of course, one that would not only have impact within the United States, but would have very serious impact for for Ukraine, for the situation in the Middle East, and for the situation in many other places. Yes, and at the heart of this breakdown, really, could one argue that Trumpism, that is, no respect for law, no respect for any institution, no respect for judges and for processes, these are beliefs held by that wing of the Republican Party in Congress, in particular, the Jim Jordans of this world, who basically, they're not numerically large, but they do hold the balance of power. And they can, as it were, be what Trump has often set out to be, disruptors Mm. of the norms. Yes, certainly there has been massive disruption to American politics. And yes, that has definitely accelerated or intensified to a very large degree since Donald Trump first began running for the presidency. And, you know, that's now a while ago, I mean, as you know, I mean, he began running in 2015 in yes. advance of the 2016 election. So we're now talking about eight years. In fairness, or well, this doesn't necessarily mitigate Trumpism, but those patterns or those currents were present in American politics before he arrived to take advantage of them. I mean, certainly from the time of the Tea Party, so-called, which arose in opposition to then-President Obama around 2010, we have seen that desire to sort of kick over the traces, to uproot uh, politics, to uproot the institutions of politics. Part of it has been understandable in the sense of a pushback against political parties that are perceived to be um, servile to moneyed interests at times. But it has also, I think, uh, been a situation where particularly people like Trump and other demagogic kind of figures can make the argument that, that the political system is so corrupt that it sort of is permissible for them to use the apparatus of, for example, the legal system to go after their enemies. That is clearly very dangerous because, as with any nation, if things like the judicial system loses its the notion of its independence, then I don't know where you are because it then loses its legitimacy and you're in a very serious situation. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In a piece in the Financial Times this week, Edward Luce, who writes about America for the Financial Times, talked about the possible return of Donald Trump, which he describes as something far worse for the global West, that is, the rest of the world, the so-called free world. He said it would be much worse this time because if the American people are willing to elect as President of the United States a man facing 91 criminal charges, a man found guilty of serious fraud in New York, and a man who, I think it's generally accepted now, attempted a coup after the last presidential election in 2021. If they're prepared to elect him, then there isn't really anywhere to go. And Trump has this week made a couple of startling announcements about what he might do on day one, for example. Mm. Yes, that's right. I, and I, I, this may have been the catalyst for that Edward Luce column. I can't remember exactly what day that, that appeared. But Trump gave a interview to Sean Hannity of Fox News, with whom, of course, Trump is fairly tight. And Hannity is, I think, would, would accept or would, uh, would be an avowed supporter of uh, the former president. The issue of what Trump will do if he gets back into power is very clearly a very salient issue, and people have worried about the authoritarian abuse of that power if he would be re-elected. So Hamilton, I think, thinking that he was throwing Trump a softball question, asked him, and this is a quote, under no circumstances, you are promising America tonight you would never abuse power as retribution against anybody was the question. Yes. And Trump's reply was, except for day one. Yes. Um, which uh, can <laughs> certainly seem a fairly alarming promise that instantly he would seek retribution. Now, in all striving to be fair to Trump, he then went on to talk about things that are the kind of executive actions that presidents do sometimes take on day one about, you know, permits for oil and drilling and things like that. But to be asked about authoritarian rule or about using the system to seek retribution from one's enemies and to reply that you'd only do it on day one is a, an extraordinary thing to say. Yes. Now, in 2020, Joe Biden campaigned on the theme that Donald Trump was an aberration. He did not reflect America's true values. That article of faith, as it were, would be drained of meaning if the American people, eyes wide open, re-elected him to the White House. And Biden went on to say this week, and I'm fascinated to know what you make of this, Niall, that really the only reason he was inclined to run was to stop Donald Trump. 
mm. suggesting a that he can stop Donald Trump and b that the Democratic Party doesn't have anybody else who's capable of beating Donald Trump. This is remarkable. How did it go down with potential voters? didn't go down terribly well for the couple of reasons that you mentioned for a start. And because, of course, it does again re-raise the issue of Biden's age, which is a massive issue, one of the defining issues of this coming election. By saying that he might not run if Trump were not in, it seemed to suggest that if the opponent were anyone other than Trump, Biden would be quite happy to retire after one term. Yes. Now, you know, no president does that unless they feel that they either can't do the job or are certain to get beaten. Lyndon Johnson stepped down because he felt that the party, I think, was tearing itself apart at that time over Vietnam, but it's almost never done. So that response by Biden was a peculiar one that certainly did not do anything to calm uh, democratic nerves. The other thing, Eamon, that I'll just mention about the earlier part of your question, the idea of Trump as an aberration, which Biden did indeed propagate uh, when he ran the first time, is that Biden around that time also suggested, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he suggested that others in the Republican Party would, uh, in Biden's terms, come to their senses if Trump were beaten, that there would be a sort of reinvigoration of the more traditional uh, moderate, if you want to use that word, or certainly more uh, open to bipartisanship element of the Republican Party. That very, very clearly has not happened. Um, You know, people who have been critical of Trump within the Republican Party have almost entirely been drummed out of it. Liz Cheney being the most prominent uh, example, who was defeated by a massive margin in a Republican primary for her seat in the House of Representatives. So that article of faith that, that the Republican Party writ large would sort of get over Trump has clearly been disproven. And the idea that Trump himself is an aberrational figure will be disproven, at least electorally disproven, obviously, were he to win um, election in less than a year from now. Yes, and as Edward Luce points out in his piece in the Financial Times, that the only decent insurance is based on the worst-case scenario on that basis. We have to assume that Trump's victory would be taken as a green light by Russia's Vladimir Putin and China's Xi Jinping to make big advances on their own agendas. Trump has long railed against NATO. They pull out of NATO, and it is only really NATO and its power and American money, you know, that has been solicited by Joe Biden that has kept Russia from conquering Ukraine. Ukraine would be left to its own devices, and, of course, the consequences of that for Poland and other Baltic states don't bear thinking about, but they they should be thought about because they are very much part of the the equation at the moment. In relation to Biden, Nile and Israel, Anthony Blinken went back to Tel Aviv this week. I think it's the third time he's been there. He didn't get any joy, it appears. It looks like for all their, that they have really funded Israel and supported it really without any conditions in recent decades. That Netanyahu is telling America to go take a hike. Mm. And that really is a troubling 
effect already. And this isn't Donald Trump. This is Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting that there has been, I think, increasingly a division between Israel and the United States on the conduct of the war. Blinken, uh, interestingly enough, going so far as to suggest that there has been what he termed a gap between Israel's professed inclination to protect civilians and what's actually happening. Now, many of us would say, well, that gap is quite obvious given the scale of the Israeli uh, bombardment and subsequent invasion of Gaza and the enormous death toll that has uh, been ticking up all the time and continues to do so. The point, I think, is the Biden administration started off certainly for the first month or uh, of this conflict at least very, very vigorously behind Israel. And that was partly sincere. Biden is indeed a very, very strong supporter of Israel. It was partly born, of course, of sympathy for the horrendous Hamas attack on October the 7th. Yes. But it was also done with this uh, supposed idea that keeping close to Israel in the wake of that national trauma would preserve the United States' leverage and would therefore make its urgings toward some measure of restraint by the Israelis more effective. That very obviously, I think, has not happened. Um, the Israelis, as I mean, everyone can see what the Israelis are doing in Gaza, and these uh, sort of uh, this more tougher rhetoric from the administration uh, seems to be born of frustration that the Israelis are not really uh, listening in any sense to these rather mild calls for restraint. Would the situation in relation to Israel, the circumstances, would that have, in your view, Niall, a significant effect in a Trump-Biden presidential contest? For example, Democrats, one takes it, are more skeptical or indeed hostile to Biden's you know, support for Israel than Republicans would be for Trump, who would also, and indeed, made a very dramatic change by placing the USN embassy in East Jerusalem when he was last president, which was a very serious thing to do. Would, do you think, Israel and Ukraine, but Israel particularly, feature as a, an issue in a presidential election to be held admittedly, 11 months from now? It would, I think, for two very specific reasons, Eamon. One is the thing that you mentioned about the Democratic Party, and there is a huge divide in the Democratic Party on this. There are some very fervently pro-Israel Democrats, and Jewish voters have traditionally favoured the Democratic Party against the Republican Party. Having said that, there are an enormous number of Democratic voters who are highly, highly uneasy with the blank check that the Biden administration appears to have written to Mr. Netanyahu's government. That unease, bordering on disgust, is much, much stronger among young voters. Yes. And Biden is struggling with young voters anyway. So they could stay away from the polls, and that would be dangerous in and of itself. The other point I would mention just very briefly, Eamon, is that, uh, as you're well aware, American presidential elections are not decided on a 
a stark tally of the popular vote. They decided in the Electoral College. Yes. That gives some states greater importance than others. One state that is a battleground is the state of Michigan. That is a, a state where Arab Americans or Muslim Americans yes. uh, hold a significant amount of, uh, well, there's they're a significant population. And so if those people were to stay away from the polls, that would again have significant ramifications for Biden's re-election hopes. Yes, and of course we have the recent polling in seven swing states, which was highly favourable to Donald Trump as opposed to Joe Biden. And that in itself, barring a spectacular recovery in the economy and barring some peace and adherence to international law by Israel, that presumably still holds. Yes, absolutely it does. I mean, you you mentioned the economy, which is, again, a serious topic. I mean, the economy... appears to be improving, but Biden's not getting much credit for it, perhaps from voters who were really bulldozed by very high inflation last year and still living with the effects of that. But yes, I mean, those battleground states are the whole ballgame in American presidential politics. And, you know, just to underline the point about Michigan, uh, Biden won Michigan uh, in 2020 by uh, a relatively small 150,000 votes or thereabouts. There are 250,000 uh, or thereabouts Arab Americans in Michigan. Right. So, you know, you can do the maths for yourself. I'm not saying that not the number who would vote would be zero, obviously, but it does indicate the way that group has power there, just the way other groups of other ethnicities, Cuban Americans in Florida, for example, have political power because they are concentrated in a particular area. People here, all of us, could be accused forever, really, of not quite understanding the United States of America and making assumptions based on our own politics. And you've been there now over 20 years now, I think. We are sort of, we're not really as familiar as we need to be or ought to be at this time about the world's most powerful nation and what matters to people in the United States of America, are we? No, I mean, that's that's probably true. Uh, I mean, there are certainly issues of uh, domestic importance here that naturally enough don't get covered too much uh, overseas. I mean, healthcare, for example, has been a very yes. strong political issue here for a long time. But the other point, which I, I think your question is sort of getting at, is uh, there is a different sensibility here about many things like, for example, a certain antagonism toward government itself. I yes. mean, if you if you were to go, not that I would recommend it, to you know gun shows and gun fairs and so on. Yes. I mean, a lot of the rhetoric around that issue is based not on an anti-democratic. Well, I mean, it is anti-democratic with a large D, but but anti the idea that the government is potentially yes. tyrannical and coming to steal your rights away yes. is something that fuels the gun rights movement. I mean, there is no analogue to that in Irish or British or European politics. No, the government is a comfort, or we, is seen in Europe as a comfort to those inflicted mm-hmm. in one way or another. Mm-hmm. But in the United States, the government is deemed to be potentially the inflictor, <laughs> rather. Mm-hmm. And, and that sort of kind of, I always find slightly skews my own view. I don't really quite get it, you know. Mm, but no. to go back to the numbers and, and Biden's poll position mm. and, the, and another question related to it, 
the pole position is very bad. And the trending at the moment with these, if Ukraine, for example, if this House of Representatives' reluctance to fund either Israel or Ukraine, Ukraine won't last very long, it seems, to most people. Now, we have the winter, which presumably will bring stalemate. But if Ukraine were to fall, then other nations come into play. As you know, Poland being very obvious and very obviously worried as well. But all of that region comes into play for Putin to expand his power. Will that feature at all in the American election? Uh, I don't think it will be a central issue, to be perfectly honest, because I don't, I mean, I think that that uh, worldview that you have just espoused is one that is held in among foreign policy experts here, certainly, and certainly the idea of the United States being a sort of linchpin of the, the global order and the Western order. That is something that would certainly find a lot of sympathy in the American State Department or in think tanks or among people who write uh, learned articles. It it is unlikely, I think, at this point, in exactly that way to play into next year's election. What is much more likely to play into next year's election is a very much starker view of why are we giving all that money to those people overseas? And I think if I were Ukrainian or if I were Vladimir Zelensky, one of the fears that I would have is that the people in the United States who have made the argument that there are vital U.S. interests and Western interests at stake here appear to me to be losing that argument. Um, Certainly among the Republican voters, skepticism about Ukraine aid keeps ticking up. And then that, of course, is fused with the broader America first isolationism that you and I have uh, talked about a number of times before. Just let me ask you a final question, Niall. At the end of what was a very well-written analysis, Edward Luce in the Financial Times, his final sentence is, if Donald Trump wins, everything changes. Is that the feeling in Washington among, I'm not talking now about the general population, although, of course, I'm curious about the general population, but amongst what you might call the more sophisticated and experienced political minds? Yes, it is, because if that were to happen, it would be a de facto endorsement, not only of what happened uh, during, say, the earlier stages of Donald Trump's presidency, but of his conduct on his way out the door, conduct that, of course, includes his impeachment uh, in relation to January the 6th. Uh, The other point that I would add, Eamon, and I don't mean this um, facetiously, the idea that everything changes if Donald Trump is elected is also a view held by Donald Trump's supporters. Yes. In other words, they want uh, that sweeping change. They would cheer on many of the changes that he is saying, or, or they would cheer on his desire for retribution, for example. That is one of the reasons why we're in such a combustible moment right now in American politics. And it is clearly going to become, I think, more incendiary because... You know, the next election is not that far away. The Iowa caucuses are only a little more than a month away. Donald Trump could wrap up the Republican nomination quite quickly, even while facing uh, criminal trials. 
And then it will be Trump versus Biden, we think, for many months with an awful lot of chips on the table. And of course, the final thought must be that there is no alternative to Biden for the Democrats. Not really. No, I mean, that is something that Democrats would love to have. I think they would love to have someone in their back pocket and some way that they could sort of uh, step in and say to say to Joe, uh, maybe it's time. But there isn't anyone who would be obviously better. And that obviously deepens Democratic nervousness and unease as they look ahead at this contest. OK, now, as always, I'm very grateful to you for joining us. We know you've had a long journey to Alabama, which I hope is a nice place. I'm sure it is. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, you, you've certainly got your finger on the pulse. <laughs> I think you. that's the, the least you can gain from a trip to Alabama. But we're very grateful, as always, to Niall Stanich, Associate Editor of The Hill Newspaper. To all of you for listening, that's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.